0: This is season two of Rambler, episode something. It will certainly be labeled as soon as it's posted, but I'm having all these interviews across a varied space of time and will be arranging them based upon how they most make sense and not based upon the timeline in which I had the interview or the guest on. So, you know, that's sort of what's in store for this season. Oh yeah, I'm Jordan Marika and uh, this is season two of Rambler. Up next, we're going to have another friend call in and tell us a spooky story from one of their travels, one of their road trips, possibly one of their camping trips. I'm not really sure because the people I invited on, I let decide what stories that they wanted to tell me, not tell me anything about it so it could be a surprise for me too. It's on. So, tell us your name and where you're from and a little bit about yourself before we get into it.
1: Absolutely. So he's Jay and Thank you for having me. My name is Tara Moses. She, her, her pronouns. Um, I am calling in. Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm on Zoom call. <laughs> I'm calling in from the Muskogee Creek Reservation, or what was formerly known as Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I am a citizen of the Seminole Nation of Oklahoma, and I am also Muskogee Creek. Um, yeah, and then in regards to the things that I do in my life, I am a director and playwright for the theater. I am also an artistic director of a theater company called Taylor Tulsa. And we exclusively um, are dedicated to Native and Latinx artists and their stories, um, which is super exciting. And we are the only one in the state that is dedicated to do that. So here we go. It's 2020, but all right. Um, yeah, and then I'm also a co-founder of Grandwater Arts. Um, which we are a group of citizen artists that operate within a decolonial and a climate justice framework in how we do creative projects together, consult with organizations, and then as well as contribute to community-led movements towards justice. And I do a lot of other things, too, (laughs) within those realms, Uh, like nonprofit fundraising, a lot. But, yeah, but those are the things.
0: A little about me. I do a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, you seem to be everywhere, which is cool. I had no idea how much stuff you did because you only mention a few things on your social media, and so even that list is like pretty big. Because normally you're just like talking about your regular day, and I had no idea that you were involved in so many things.
1: Yeah, and yeah, and more things I forget about. So
0: <laughs> that's the life, right. though, isn't it? Uh-huh. I said, that's our life, though, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Honestly, like, today I had two meetings earlier, and, like, one was just with two other Native artists who actually were with me at one of the spooky Stories we i going to tell in a minute. Ooh, stay Ooh. tuned. Um, <laughs> and then another one with, like, a institution in New York City about bringing what actually, um, consi- like, consensus is to their university, which is gonna like radically change their entire structure. Um, because they're gonna find out real quickly what they want to do is not conducive to what their community needs. So womp womp, what a day. Very, very varied.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh I'm trying to keep up on good auntie duties and I woke up early this morning to pick my nieces up at my brothers in law house to go take them apple picking. And we had to go super duper early because they're doing that hybridization online school thing. The whole town here is. So they only have to go into their school building four hours a day once a week. And they rotate it um, which students go in when so that there's only like two classrooms ever in the building at the time. Which is why it's that weird time frame like that. So they had to do like a project that's due at 11. I was like, well, why don't I take them afterwards? And then we were like, oh, no, it's going to be a nice day. So the orchards are going to be packed, and that's not very <clears throat> safe to take them to. So I was like, whatever. We're waking up at the butt crack of dawn. 9 a.m. is not that early anyways. And they were all they were all griping about it, but they were super happy they went in the end. So I win.
1: Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's so lovely. Yeah. Well, I'm jealous. I would love to go to Apple Orchard. It's like...
0: Since moving away from Ohio, it was one of the things that I missed because there was nowhere to do that in Kentucky because I was in the mountains, so they, like, didn't really have orchards you could walk through, you know what I mean? And you really yeah. miss those silly Midwestern fall activities when they're not readily available. I was like, you know what I really want? A fair corn dog. <gasps> oh. I've, yes. I've been dreaming, but alas, covid <laughs> covid has separated me from my corn dog dreams
1: oh damn you
0: (laughs) i know right and no powwow fry bread and let's be honest powwow fry bread hits different than homemade fry bread i don't know what it is
1: i don't know what i think is it because they do it in bulk i don't know is there a fancy fryer machine back there i don't know yeah
0: it's it's Mm. magic and it's the same thing with fair corn dogs Sure, you can get a yeah. corn dog at any Sonic, but it's not a fair corn dog.
1: No, they put something in there. I mean, honestly, it's probably lard and sugar, but like that makes a difference.
0: Mm-hmm. It's the lard and sugar I'm here for. Well, that's why I probably only eat one every year.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll tide you over till next year.
0: My body just knows like that is the amount that I can have.
1: <laughs> oh, man, now I want a corn dog. I want to go to Apple Orchard. And I'm just going to be here in my
0: house. <laughs> I know. I just, I, sorry, I just love fall activities, and I'm restricted this year, so I'm reminiscing.
1: Ah, uh, that's all right. I do love fall activities, and Halloween is my favorite holiday. You Aww. know, setting aside, like, the growth, racism, and cultural appropriation across the board, um, you know, that. But other than that, so I'm like, I'm here for it. This is the best. I think my favorite part is the scary.
0: Mm-hmm. Speaking of the scary, that's what you're here for.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) I'm so excited. So please tell us your spooky stories.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to share two today. Um, One, from the ignorance of youth. And two, from Hot Damn, Where's Jordan Peele? Because he had to have written this screenplay. This is not real. (laughs) But it was. Um, So the first story is about the devil house so it's known um in college and well now let's be real (laughs) um i during not just even like spooky season halloween in the fall but especially then but i mean really all the time i would love to like look up scary or like allegedly haunted places you know like the train tracks that you drive on top Like, your car will get pushed, and there'll be little handprints on the bumper. Like, there's a place like that that's, like, you know, an hour-ish away um, from where I went to university. And I went to the University of Tulsa. So, you know, right here in the little Tulsa area in northeastern Oklahoma, there's, like, tons of these, like, alleged spooky sites. And, like, I would, like, bring my friends with me, especially one friend who is a chicken shit, like, the most. (laughs) was always the best to bring because he just gets so scared. And that's, like, all the fun. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, and so, you know, I would, like, scour the internet um, to, like, this was before, I think, Reddit was a big thing. Um, but I called it Spooky Reddit because it doesn't look like Reddit. I don't know. You know, where people just say, ooh, there's this haunted cemetery in Berryville, ooh, or whatever. Yeah, the and early so, days of
0: of microblogging huh? chat rooms that you sometimes just found at random.
1: Yeah. Nowhere. where, who are these people, I don't know, but I'm like, alright, I'll go see your spooky cemetery, so this was, this was actually October, because I'm like, you know, time to do it when the fall equinox is happening, like, we here for the real spook, um, and so I was in one of those, like, weird blog chat places, and someone mentioned something called the Devil House, um, that was about, mm, like, 40 or so miles outside of my university and actually pretty close to where my family lived um and i was like oh what's this about and so i was reading and people were talking about how um in this like field there's this house that like has a long violent history and um people tried to like the town tried to burn it down and it wouldn't burn down and like, in the 80s, a bunch of these Satanists came in and did who knows what there and blah, 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 all these things. And I was like, all right, I'm interested. All right. <laughs> and then they were talking about how, like, they would see, like, skeletons walking around the fields. And I was like, all right, time for me to investigate. I'm ready. Um, so as every young, beautiful idiot Um, I decided to go check out this devil house place on my own at three in the morning on a Saturday night, because why not? (laughs) And so how to get there, they, there wasn't, there's not an address and there's just like these lists of directions that they gave. And so it's like, you started out on this like road, that's actually not that far from my high school, actually, um, and then you would go down that road for 15 miles, and then you would turn right. And then you would follow that road until it wasn't a road anymore, and it turned into a dirt road. And the dirt road, after some time, these are literally the instructions, so I didn't know what I was going to do. <laughs> and so that dirt road after some time would eventually take a hard like 90 degree left turn. Uh, and whenever you took that left turn, the field where the devil house was on was on your right. Um, and those were all the instructions. And I was like, "Great, that's all I need. You got it." And then there are also people saying, "You know, hey, watch out!" Like sometimes, like cops, parole over there, because they know that like kids be hearing about the devil house, blah blah blah. Um, and so I was just ready to go, suited up in my like 2002 Ford Focus, um, which was not meant for off-roading because they also said that, like, that dirt road gets a little bumpy and there's some rocks, but we were going to do it. So I set out from the safety and comfort of my on-campus apartment and drove to my old high school um, and then just started going down that 15-whatever miles Uh And what I thought was really interesting is as I was driving on just a regular road, um, the, like, scenery around there changed drastically. And so, like, you know, I went to high school, not, like, you know, obviously in that area, not that far. Um, But I never realized, like, when I was going down that road, I realized I've never went down that way before. And there was, like, this huge, it looks like, I mean, honestly, it was a boarding school. Um, but it was like Catholic. I mean, honestly, okay, I probably was. And it looked abandoned. I was <laughs> driving down. And this was like right before that turn I was supposed to take until um, in the next part of the directions. But there was this like huge, like, Virgin Mary statue that had like overgrown leaves right by the turn I was turning down. And I was like, ooh all right, we already started to spooky. and We're not even there yet. Here for it. Um, so that was neither here nor there, but I just thought that was really interesting. And I, I think that should have been a sign. <laughs> that was a sign saying, like, bitch, what are you doing? Stop it. But we did it. <laughs> so I turned, and then now I'm going down this road, and, like, I don't know how long I went down this road until it turned into a dirt road. Oh, my God, probably, like, 40 minutes. I don't even know. Like, I feel like I went to, like, three towns, so many neighborhoods, just, like, who knows what, Um, and, like, after that, like, 40-ish minutes, and I was just, like, this is some bullshit. Like, this, like, no. I've been driving down the same road for too fucking long. Um, And then as soon as I thought that, I then saw the dirt road coming up ahead, and I was like, okay, maybe the internet did not lie. All right. And so I get on this dirt road. And it is dirt road, and on either side, it's, like, wooded area. Um, And what I also noticed is is that the ditches were dug so, so deep. So there was no, like, way to pull over. Um, Again, another sign, one may say. But I was like, you know, it was fine. We're just going to keep going. And it was also pretty narrow. Like, I think two cars could probably get through there um but not comfortably and so it's not like i could even like turn around and do a u-turn and leave and so i was like oh we're gonna keep going as we keep going um and so i got to that 90 degree left turn and as soon as i went around that turn um i saw another car come in the opposite way and i was like fuck so was like, it's probably the cops but i can't stop because so again there's nowhere to pull over so i have to stop in the middle of the road and so i was like whatever i'm just gonna keep driving it's fine Um, anyways, so I think I was only going, like, 35 miles an hour, and then this car that was coming at me was coming really fast, and I was like, you know, there's probably some teenagers, you know, Isaiah, wait, was I still, no, I was in my early 20s, anyway, but I was like, ah, so probably some teenagers out here doing who knows what, um, but then it started, like, coming over into my lane, and I was like, oh, hell no, um, And it was probably eh, 50 yards away from where I was. And I noticed that it was a older, like dusty blue, powder blue Ford. Um, I don't know, like it kind of was like 50s, 60s models, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, coming really fast. And I was like, oh, hell no, these are backwoods, country, no. (laughs) It's not only really good. Um, and then it was about maybe twenty yards away from me, and suddenly I could see it clear as day. And I was already like trying to get as far over as I could, and I was pre- like preparing myself for impact. And then it made a sharp right turn into the fielded area and just flew off the side of the road. And so I drive up there. I like put my car in park. I like jump out to make sure these people are fine and whenever i get there that car like that truck is nowhere to be seen and there was a like, barbed wire fence on the other side of that ditch that i couldn't see in the dark cuz there's trees everywhere nothing there was no like damage and i knew for a fact i saw that truck but it was just gone wow and as soon as i realized that truck is gone it got really quiet um all of like you know, those night cricket things, the just the sounds of the wind, still. And then the temperature dropped. And I was just, like, so excited. It <laughs> felt so bad. Listeners probably think, what is wrong with this girl? Uh, <laughs> um, but I just got so, so, so excited about it. Um, and that's how I started, so I started looking around. And I was like, oh, where did this trap come from? Like, who was it going to come back? I don't know. I don't know. But then I heard voices and they were male voices, and I couldn't see them. Um, But as soon as I heard that, I couldn't make out what they were saying other than their tone sounded very sinister. Um, So that was my cue to get in my car and drive away. But that wasn't enough for me. So I left, I drove away, went all the way back to campus, told all my friends about it, and then I ended up going back there two more times. The third time, after that third time, I will never go back there. I won't tell anyone the directions to get there. But I went back two more times. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> of course
0: <laughs> you did. Of course you did. You were like, you know, spooky ghost truck wasn't enough.
1: No, no. Because I was just like, I didn't even get to the house. And so, and again, I'm like, I am interested in... Uh, I am curious, so I just got to know. <laughs> so I go back to campus and tell my, like, group of, like, there's three of, uh, four of us total, so my three other friends about it, and they were like, no, no way, no. And so, like, I showed them the blog, and I was like, this is a real place, I promise. And so we were scrolling through the comments on the blog, and there were multiple of people who were like, I saw this, like, old pickup truck, and a skeleton was driving it, and blah, blah, blah. And, well, I d- couldn't make out the driver because the headlights. But I was like, this was an old Ford pickup truck. And then somebody else was like, there was this, like, light blue pickup truck drive like, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like, all right, I'm not the only one who saw this. And I think that convinced my friends that, okay, maybe something. Well, so, then the next day, this one was at midnight, so, you know, a little earlier, not quite the witching hour. Um, one of my friends, he decided to come with me. And this time, we were in my truck. Um, and so, we drive all the way out there. Um, and he uh, is also a chicken shit. I love taking, like, people get really scared very easily to scary places. It's all the fun. <laughs> And so we get there, and there's no truck. Uh, everything seems pretty, like, normal and fine. And so we park my truck, uh, and I drove a, like, white Chevy uh, GMC Sierra. Not Chevy, a white GMC and so I parked my truck, like, in the middle of that little dirt road. We get out, and I'm, like, showing him where I saw the truck turn off and, like, where there's no damage so he could see it for his own eyes. Um, this, that, and the other, and so we were just standing out there like talking about it. I was showing him, and then once again, I felt the air get very still. Um, it got very, very quiet, and so my friend that I brought—he um, is a white man, so he is not great at you know really cueing into what the universe is telling him and what the you know what the earth is kind of going on, what's going on in land. And so he's usually very oblivious to these types of things. Just from our other little road trips we took, um, like to this other, like, Carol Ann's house once upon a time, anyway, he just, like, didn't click for him whenever things were happening. He just didn't notice. Um, well, what's interesting this time, though, is is that he clocked the change in the air. Because I didn't say anything, because, you know, I'm evil like that, and I was going to see how long that could last (laughs) before he noticed. (laughs) Um... And he was like, what's going on? And I was smacked. T- and I was like, what do you mean, what's going on? And he was like, something's different. And I'm like, what do you mean? And so he was just like, I, I, I don't know. And after a couple, like a couple more minutes, he was just like silent. And he was like, did it get colder? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and he was like, um, what's going on? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> what is going on? And again, keep in mind, we didn't even get to the house yet. We're still on the road outside of, like, where we need to be. Um, spooky area. So, spooky
0: county. Uh-huh. It's spooky county. Spooky county, Oklahoma.
1: Truly spooky county, Oklahoma. Who knows? Um, and so, again, once again, I hear these men's voices. And I thought only I could hear them. And then he looks at me and he goes, did you hear that? Do you hear Do you hear this? And I was like, yeah. Um, And it was coming from behind us. So those men's voices were coming from the field where the alleged devil house was. And so we turn around, and I see the figures of two, like, white men in that field. And they were probably, like, I don't know, a good 175 yards away from where we were in that field. But their voices sounded as though they were just feet away from me just clear as day and um they knew my name and i was like uh oh (laughs) and so i turn oh i'm still so mad as mad as to this day i turn to let cody know (laughs) what i'm hearing and he jumps into my truck and drives away what Sorry, I had
0: to back away from the bike because I yelled that kind of loud. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? Ooh, that's why I'm so mad about it to this day. Um, and also, like I'm a short, I'm a short person. I'm five foot two. Cody um, is like six feet, oh. and he <laughs> jumps into my like super like you know pulled up seat, drives away, leaves me on this dirt road alone. Um, And although, like, those voices are so close to me, like, the bodies of these two men are just coming, like, are just walking closer to me. Um, And he's nowhere to be seen. He's gone. Trip's gone. Don't know. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm in a pickle. (laughs) And then these guys get to the other side of the ditch. So they are very close, coming in real soon. And I'm just standing there. I mean, honestly, I mean, number one, I don't run. But also, number two, um, I was like, what's the point of trying to run away? They're going to get me. So I might as well just take it. You know, I'm one of those people. (laughs) Um, And then whenever they were getting ready to, like, cross this ditch to go into the road where I was, I hear a screeching of my truck. And Cody drives back, (laughs) and he throws up at the door, and he's like, get in. And so I jump in the truck, and then he just hightails it out of there. Um, and what was really funny is is that he is all scrounged up in my front seat of the truck, and he does not get out to let us switch until we get to the high school, which is 40, 50, whatever minutes away <laughs> <laughs> where we were. Um, because he was just that scared he would not get out. Um so then, we go back to our friends, and now I have a witness. So it's not just me. This is usually me who is egging on our friends to be like, ooh, but they said this cemetery is is haunted. Ooh, they said there used to be a house here, and this lady, like, like killed her neighbors and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's usually just me. And so but this time, we have Mr. Scaredy Cat, who is also... Like, kind of skeptical, kind of not skeptical. He doesn't know where he falls. Like, swearing to a God he does not believe in that some shit happened. (gasps) So then, we have to go back. As the four of us. (laughs) Um, Oh, my gosh. I just think it's so funny. It was not fun, but I think it's very funny now. Um, I find it amusing that you're like, this is
0: a dangerous situation I put you guys in. Ain't that cool? Right? Right? You're like this adventure was fun, and your friends are like we're haunted forever by what we've seen.
1: I mean, honestly, honestly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we'll get there. There's one friend of mine, uh, Ryan. If you're listening, I love you. <laughs> He's very upset with me to this day. Um, but we'll get there. So the four of us, we pile into uh, riot into my Ryan's car, um, and then we go again. And so I'm you know, giving him directions on how to get there, leading us there, blah, blah, blah. Um, so this time, though, we, like, take that 90-degree left turn. And nothing on the dirt road, nothing there. Um, so we were able to drive up a little bit further to where I first saw where that truck pulled off the road. Um, and there's a little area I didn't notice before because it was dark and I didn't get that far of that, fil- of that ditch that was filled in where we could, like, pull over and park. That was on the side of the field where the devil house was and so we were like wow how perfect a parking spot who filled this in great <laughs> and so we pull up in that little parking spot and there's this gate that has like three uh like the three you know bars across it like a, a farm gate you know mm-hmm. um that's really easy to climb over <laughs> But, yeah, so we pull up, and then we see that gate. I'm sorry, you broke up a second. Did you say something? No, I was just laughing a little bit
0: because, of course, you did. Can you hear me?
1: <laughs> of course. Um, so, uh, another friend of mine who was there, Shiloh, she and I, we, like, immediately get out of the car, and we're walking over to this gate, and our two scaredy friends, Ryan and Cody, uh, Cody is this man who left me, who I'm still mad about, and then Ryan, who you'll find out very soon, hates, like, is very upset with me to this day about Stay in the car because they're terrified. Uh, but Shiloh and I we're just very dumb, and we're like, "Yeah, let's go!" <laughs> and so Shiloh and I walk up, start walking up to this gate. And again, it gets very, very quiet. It gets very, very cold. Like change in the air. It's like you know, ooh, something's about to happen. Um, but she and I get to the gate, and then we put our hands on the metal of the of this gate to like climb over it. We we'll kind of stop, and we look at each other, and we're like. I feel really good right now, and I was like, "Me too." I was like, "This is a great idea," and Shiloh was like, "I think this is gonna be like such a good time." And I was like, "Yeah, we're making a good decision." Like, yeah. And then I hear Ryan screaming from the top of his lungs from in the car aura that he was like, "I've never seen on a person," and he said, "The moment that Shiloh and I touched it, he saw that just aura encapsulate." But naturally, we're like, no, it was great. We need to go in there. I was like, we're not even to the devil house. And so we took a Democratic vote, and uh, Shiloh and I bullied Cody into saying yes. So therefore, Ryan had to come <laughs> to go. And you know, Ryan was like, you're not leaving me in this car alone, so I guess I'm coming with you. So the four of us, we get out the car, and we climb over the gate. And the house was approximately like half a mile from that gate in, according to the direction. And on the left, there's like this fielded area and like a wooded area. And then on the right, it's pretty open. That's the field of the area where I saw those two guys before. And so we're walking down this little road. Uh, well, it's not a road, like through this little path, I guess, <laughs> in the field. And um, I have like, Ryan clutching my hand on one side, Cody clutching my hand on the other. And we're just walking in there. Um, And then I hear a voice right behind me of a man, but it was a different man. It wasn't like the men before. And he said to me, he was like, Tara, I know you can hear me. And so, like, I eventually let go of, like, Ryan and Cody. They get a little more brave, so they don't need to hold my hand. (laughs) Uh, And so I'm, like, trailing back behind the three of them as this like spirit's talking to me and he was like i know you can hear me he was like i need you to help me and i was like help you from what and he was like you saw those guys and i was like you know about those guys and he was like yeah he was like those guys was like they did terrible things to me he was like i need you help me and i was like what do you need me to do and he's like look over to over there in the forest like in the you know the wooded area And I look over there, and I see those two guys walking, like, it felt like they were, like, weaving in and out, like, as we were walking up towards the house. Um, And he was like, I need you to go over there and tell them to leave me alone. And I was like, you need me to go over to, like, those woods and tell them? And he was like, yeah, yeah, you need to just go tell them, leave me alone They'll leave me alone. He was like, please, please. He's like, you don't even want to know what they did to me, like, all this stuff. And so... Now, this is the part of the story that I don't have a memory of. So the rest of this is alleged what my friends told me happened. Um, <laughs> so what they saw, um, they saw me, like, leave the, the, like, the path that we were on and start walking towards the woods. And they originally didn't notice because I just, like, hung up behind them. They just thought I was with them. And they didn't realize how far away I was from the group. Um, and so I think it was Shiloh turned around to ask me a question about like how much further we had to go um, and saw that I just started walking towards the woods. And so the three of them turn around and come back to where I'm walking and they're apparently talking to me and I'm not responding back to them um, because instead I'm just listening to whatever the guy is saying. But what I do remember though is as I was walking towards that wooded area, um, feeling this sense of, like, deep, deep anger. <laughs> like, how dare those, like, two guys be doing whatever they did to this guy who was talking to me and then trying to harass me earlier, like, all these things. I was like, how dare you? Um, and I got to probably within five feet of the edge of that wooded area, and I could, like, feel their hands, like, reaching out towards me, and I was getting ready <laughs> to just dive on in there. I don't know what I was going to do, something. Um, but when I, what, I also, what I do also remember, though, is the guy who talked to me, his voice changed, and from, like, someone who said he needed help to, like, very similar to those other two guys, like that very like sinister laughing. He was just laughing at me, and then the next thing that I knew, that I realized is is that Ryan and Cody had grabbed me by the arms and were pulling me back. And what they then tell me again, my like what I remember from this goes in and out, but what they told me is that I was fighting them to try to go back into the woods, and I was just like yelling at these spirits to I don't know what. Um but what I also but what I do remember again happening is it's like as they're literally trying to drag me back to the car, um, and I'm fighting them profusely, is um, I remember this feeling of like getting hit with something like a chain or like some sort of like thick whip thing something um, from that I felt like on my neck and chest. And it was like bad, like actually whipped. And I just like screamed. And I think that something happened because Ryan tells me that the entire field's aura, which again was that blackishy color, he said turned a bright red. And he was like, we gotta go. And so he and Cody literally cared, like picked me up, ran. And carried me back to the car as Shiloh was running back with us too. And what I remember, like coming back, like remembering, remembering again, is getting back in the car. And they're like freaking out, like what ha- like what the fuck is going on? Da, da 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 And I get in the car and I feel like that singed skin feeling. And I was like, guys, I was like, my chest really hurts. And they were just like so mad at me. They're like, Tara, what the fuck is wrong with you? We're, like, <laughs> what were you doing? Um. And so we just, like, hightail it out of there. Um, didn't even make it to the house or anything. And then we're just driving back to campus. And, again, they're just, like, mad at me but also very scared and very confused. I'm very confused because I'm, like, I don't know what just happened. Um, like, I'm t- like, it's so vivid. Like, as I think about it now, like, it's so vivid. And it was so dark and so real and so, like, not fun spirits. But uh, the not kind, the, the bad ones, the not good ones, the ones you're not successful, best ones, um, have a feeling. Anyway, but, like, so it was a car ride, a very long car ride back. And so, well, we got a quit trip, which I don't know if, y'all, if you have a quit trip or, like, friends out there listening, if you know what a quit trip is, but it's the best gas station ever. Like, go fuck yourself, Wawa, 7-Eleven, quit trip, where that. at. Um, and so, we got a quit trip. And, you know, we're going to get taquitos because, you know, college students. And we're like, this seems pretty traumatic. Let's get some taquitos. Um, so we get out of the car. And I go to the bathroom in the quick trip. And I look in the, like, in the mirror there. And I have a whip mark. Vivid clear as day. Broke the skin from the base, like, from, like, the top area of my neck and jaw. Like, all the way down, almost to my belly button, down the chest. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. And it is, like burning not good and so I like run out of there to go like show them what like what I saw and then I look at the three of them and all three of them have a very same mark on them that they just didn't feel a notice wow oh yeah um yeah I can't blame
0: you for not ever telling anybody how to get there
1: yeah yeah I'm not gonna tell nobody how to get there because I was like we didn't even get to where that was I don't know what's out there but what I do know is you don't want to know.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it obviously sort of wants you to know, which is worse.
1: Oh, exactly, exactly. I could just like I could hear my grandma being like, "Tara, what are you doing, fucking around, bad spirits?" <laughs> oh my god, um, my dad, dude. Oh, he, oh, he'd be mad anyway. Um, I never learned my lesson. It's all right. But then, just like that's not the end of it, of course. to ryan because ryan again is very sensitive to this stuff but he again as a scaredy cat and ryan if you're listening you know it's true i ain't saying that's not true then you wouldn't say either um he goes back to his apartment so uh cody shiloh and i we lived in the same like street bedroom apartment ryan lived in a different one in the same like complex on campus um and so like we get back from there and you know i'm still just like processing what the fuck happened trying to put, like, ice or, like, something on, whatever this mark is, um, and Ryan goes back to his apartment. And then it's probably a few hours later, so it's, I don't know, 3, 4 in the morning, because we went around midnight again, and I just, like, get this panicked phone call from Ryan telling us that we need to come over to his place right now because his roommate was out of town that weekend, so he was just there alone, and so we just, like, go over there, and we're like, Ryan, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> and he is terrified. Like, why does a ghost? Terrified. And he was like, there, he was like, there's something in my room. Something is happening in my room. And he was telling us that like he was just trying to go to sleep after he went back, uh, like got back home, took a shower, like was going to bed, like just trying to figure out what happened. He was like, but then I heard uh, Tara and Shiloh screaming, and he's like, I opened my eyes up and he was like and there was just like huge like um black mass he was like where i could like see you both in there and he was like and then i sat up and in the corner of his room he had a chair and he was like and in that chair he was like i saw something that was like a scarecrow looking at me he was like and i just like screamed and then ran outside and called you all because whenever we got to his house he was standing outside his front door like, no shoes, no shirts, <laughs> in the cold, um, waiting for us to get there. So, something really spooked him. And yeah. so, again, naturally, I, unfazed, um, I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. I wrong on here. Anyway, so I go into his apartment, and again, he's, like, nervous wreck. He's like, don't go in there, don't go over there. And I was like, well, do you want me to get rid of it? Like, I need to go in there. So, I finally go in there, and then he's, like, behind me, and so Shiloh and Cody are with him, just like, you know, getting back by there. Um, and so I walk into his bedroom and it's dark. I don't see anything in the dark. Um, but I turn his lights on. And when I turn his lights on, this black shadow that was on his bed, I saw go up into the light. And they are behind me. I don't know if, I don't remember if they said they saw it or not to. Um, but I walk over to his bed and I touch it. And then I take my hand off and I said, Ryan, I need you to come over here. And he was like, no, no. (laughs) And I was like, I need you to come over here. So he comes over. I hand him my other hand that did touch the bed. I was like, I need you to touch my hand. And he was like, okay. And I was like, you feel the temperature of my hand, So normal room temperature, whatever. He's like, uh-huh. I put my hand on his bed for like not even two seconds. He like puts on a shirt and he's like, we're going to your apartment. <laughs> and he slept on our futon for, I don't know how long, but he slept on our futon. Um, and then like his roommate came back in town and his apartment was never the same. Things would fall off the wall. Um, They would just be sitting in the living room, and the microwave would just start going, and it would be at like 11 minutes and like 13 seconds just going with nothing in there that no one pressed. Um, And what I noticed is that every time I went over there, I felt this, like, very heavy male presence. And, you know, I would sit on their couch, and I would feel, like, the hands of a man, like, going up my back in his apartment. Um, You know, he would wake up in the morning, come out, and, like, the closet door and the living room would be open, and, like, their broom would be in the middle of the room. Um, And neither he nor his roommate said they put that out there. And, yeah, so it wasn't a friendly ghost. It was a very, like, active spirit. And you know he just had nightmares um, for the rest of the semester until he was able to move out of there. Um, but whenever he moved out of there, we I was a little concerned if something would follow him because he was moving into our apartment since Cody moved out. Um, but no, I don't think anything followed him into our apartment. So whatever that was latched himself onto Ryan and then just tormented poor, poor Ryan. <laughs> Um, to what he blames me for, but I didn't do it. For the record, it wasn't me. Mm. Um, but yeah, and then you know we graduated and never went back to that apartment.
0: I mean, I don't blame anybody.
1: <laughs> right? I was like, you all consented to go. In my defense, it was not me who made you go.
0: You were like, I only inspired the spooky. I did not force the spooky upon you.
1: Yes, yes. I was like, I did not conjure said demon. I don't know. It was not me. <laughs> um but yeah I mean but now that mark has faded um it took a very very long time for that mark to fade for the other three it didn't take that long maybe like a month um but I remember like still being able to see faint that faint faint line um a few months before graduation which at that point in time was over a year later so it took a long time for that to heal and leave
0: that's crazy and super scary
1: Yeah, so if you want to know about the Devil House in Oklahoma, don't. Also, don't Google it. Don't do it.
0: I'm not going to. Other people (laughs) might have the gumption to get themselves haunted, but I'm not looking for it, you know?
1: Yeah, I am not either. I mean, especially, like, I mean, I will admit I have Googled it since because, like, that just still boggles me. I mean, I have, like, a lifetime of spiritual, like, of, like, encounters and like ghost stories all kinds of them um but it's just that one in my next story that like I continue to think about sometimes and have feelings about
0: right yeah no. some things happen and they're just so permanently scary that you remember those super well like I'll tell you this story another time because it doesn't relate to this theme but like I had an experience with my ex and he and I don't even talk to each other anymore because he sucks as a person But like on God, he still tells the same exact story I do. And he like, I once heard one of our mutual friends say like, yo, uh, Tom said that you're a bitch, but you are for 100% not lying about this scary ghost story. And I'm like, yeah, dude, that's how you know it's not real, because that's a really good way for your ex to convince everyone that you're a crazy person when really they're an evil gaslighter. Uh, no, he saw that too, and he doesn't even deny it, so that's how scary it is, is that we don't even talk anymore, but we're united on this one front that that shit really happened and that it was freaking horrible.
1: Yep, yeah, you know, that'll, it'll bond people. It'll bond people. Um, Man. I mean, that's like a whole other, a whole other, like, interesting topic to explore is with, like, ex-relationships, or like with people who you don't have relationships with anymore, and then having that, like having mutual experiences that are just so formidable and how that still like bonds you. Right. Or it's I don't like know.
0: something that I don't think anybody who is involved will ever forget.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It was a wild time in my life.
1: Oof. You know? We well, all have wild. those
0: days where we want to go ghost hunting though.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I still do it. Even after Devil House Day, like Devil House time. I'm still like, ooh, go, Sensei, I'm ready. <laughs> um, you know, and I do blame my grandparents for this. I mean, my grandma blames my grandpa, honestly, and my grandpa's passed, so he can't defend himself, so we blame him. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, my first encounter with any sort of spiritual, like, spirit things of any sort um, was with Esti a.k.a. the little people, when I was about like three or four. I did get another vivid vivid memory. Um, and just from like the gifts that my family have, especially around like prophecy, and then especially with spirits. Like I've always been able to see them, feel them, talk to them obviously, uh, which gets me in trouble with the devil house, and I do say. But other
0: times so it comes in haste. yeah uh, I think that it's interesting because of course I didn't grow up like connected to indigenous to my indigenous culture but um, I grew up around a lot of black Appalachian people and so it's like just as normal as saying grace to believe in ghosts you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I think that what's interesting about uh, non-white cultures is that we don't have such of a dichotomy between the spiritual world and the scientific world, we're kind of like, no, we literally think that they're the exact same. Yeah. And we, that's why, like, I know plenty of people with PhDs who are Native who still believe in ghosts, and they have PhDs in, like, hard sciences. And they be like, no, but ghosts are real because my grandma said so, and I don't whistle at night. <laughs> yeah, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, also, in my brain, I was like, why are you asking me if I believe in something that's a fact? It's like you're asking if I believe in gravity.
0: Exactly. It's just like a constant that does exist and a lot of people like refuse to have that actualization, which is fine. You cannot believe in whatever you would like. I mean, some people don't believe in evolution, but that don't mean it didn't happen.
1: Right? Mmm. Ooh. Ooh is that a metaphor for something
0: else. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Also, you have a different kind of scary story to tell me. Another kind of scary story.
1: Yeah, yeah, and this one was by no fault of my own, <laughs> which people may argue I have may have some faults in the first one. Um, but yeah, but this one was what I thought would be like, you know, a very good just road trip travel experience um, to do a production, and it was not. So, for this one, um, I don't mind name and names. Um, I'm someone who has no secrets. And also, if you Google the theater company, you'll find out um, they no longer have any secrets. And unfortunately, to their detriment. So, oh my. let's keep going. Oh, 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 this is the time. That's what so, I'll look
0: up is the scandal, because I love a scandal.
1: Oh, yes. I love a scandal. I love chaos. Oh, so, I love chaos. I'm just chaotic. Love it. Anyway, but this is one hell of a scandal. Um, So last summer, the uh, June of 2019, um, I was hired to direct. uh, Oh, I'm just thinking about this all over again. Oh no. Anyway, I was hired to direct a play um, called The True Story of Pocahontas that was written by a Native woman that was allegedly supposed to be about that. Um, there's a whole can of worms with that, so I'll stick to the spooky, there's a whole can of worms, anyway, and so, um, whenever I was being interviewed for this show, like, to direct the show, in, like, December of 2018, January 2019, the artistic director just, like, reiterated to me, mm, over and over and over again, just, like, how harsh the Georgia summer can be, and, like, this would be an outdoor production, and so, like, you know, they've had people pass out. They're like, this is not for the faint of heart. Um, like, there's, like, snakes out here. Like, you know, bugs, all this stuff. Da-da-da-da. Anyway, and I was like, sir, you cannot scare me. I will be fine. I am one with the outdoors. It's fine. Anyway, um, so, you know, I eventually get hired on. Hooray, hurrah. And in March... Um, I was leaving Oklahoma to go direct in New York, but I was like, you know, hey, I can make a pit stop in Georgia, and this is in uh, the Chattanooga Hills, which is about, like, 30 miles outside of Atlanta, and I was like, hey, I can make a stop in, you know, for y'all, and we can do, like, a read of the current draft of the script, because the playwright lived about six hours away, and so, like, you know, she could easily get in a car, meet us there, and I was like, I can meet with the production team, we have our first production meeting, and, like, you all say that you have a very, like, cool um, outdoor location that you're going to do, like, build, have the set in the play beyond. And I was like, we can go look at that, blah, blah, blah. And so the theater company, which is Serenby Playhouse, now this one, I do recommend you Google, that is Serenby, S-E-R-E-N-B-Y, uh, B-E, my bad, B-E, Playhouse, look them up, <laughs> We'll get there. And so they're like, "Oh yeah, sure, great, cool." So the weekend uh, before I'm due in New York uh, because rehearsals in New York started on Tuesday, and so I got to Saranby Playhouse, aka uh, Chattanooga Hills. um, I think I was at like Saturday or that Friday or Saturday. Anyway, just be there for a couple days. Also get acclimated to the community because Saranby Playhouse is actually part of this. community called Serenbee that's technically located in Chattanooga Hills. However, this is a, like, housing community that a group of people came together to create. And by a group of people came together to create, I mean a bunch of wealthy white people, including Rachel McAdams, came together to create. Um, so, uh, I my, like, Uber drops me off at, like, the Serenbee Playhouse, like, offices, which is, you know, Jordan Beals Get Out? because um, of that, just that moment of the white people and, like, the very slow-watching head tilt thing. It was just weird, and I was like, great, um, wonderful. So I go into the little bookstore because I was just like, what do I have in here? i like to see if they have any books written by any Native authors. Um, just looking up. Anyway, I found one book that was written by an Ojibwe man, and I have it in my living room. Oh, God, the title left me. But anyway, and so I go up to go buy it, and, you know, the guy working, naturally a white guy, um, he was like, oh, that's $30. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, no. He was like, that's $30. Are you sure? And I was like, okay, great. The community is just racist. Lovely. And I was like, uh, cash, Visa, MasterCard, which one? Got them all. And he was just like, where So I was like, okay, cool. So it's just a racist place. Great, we love that. For me, it was fine or whatever. Um, bought a seventeen dollar fucking sandwich that, of course, was not even good, <laughs> not even seasoned. Are we surprised? No. But whatever. But I just got very like weird vibes from the Cerami community. Um, and again, I was just chalked it up to their lovely racism. A bunch of white people. They're like, no, we have to have our own little fancy area. Like, you know, you know. And also, like, they were all dressed very similarly to me. Um, Wow, you literally walked into the Stepford Wives. Oh, no, sorry, go ahead.
0: I said you literally walked into the Stepford Wives. Yes!
1: Yes, that's exactly what it was. Like, if you all can imagine, Stepford Wives meets Get Out. That's what this place was and is. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was wild. Oh, so wild. And, like, even, like, they don't have trash cans because I think trash cans are ugly. So there are these manholes that their trash cans are in that blend in with their yards and like the grass and the landscaping that you have to lift up to then put your trash in there. Because like trash cans are ugly, we can't look at them. Why? Like that that kind of place. And I was like, yikes. Um, But anyway, so the next day, uh, we go to see the sites where, like, po- like Pocahontas would be up, and um, we like I get like driven via golf cart up to this like little like house thing. It's like really not even a house, it's like a shit whatever. And there's like, a little parking area, so we park there, and then the production manager and the design team are there, and they're like, "Well, we're gonna walk down this hill." um from up here they're like the audience is actually going to enter from the other side and we've cleared off that area to have like a parking lot they do specifically like site-specific work is like what they do and they're like yeah so i walk down here and then i'll lead you to where it is and so they're like we haven't begun the clearing work so it was literally walking through this wooded area um and he took me to this place where there are these like two huge boulders and this little boulder in front that we could easily like climb on top of and so they were explaining to me what they were going to do, like clear off the land. They referred to it as little rock alcove. And there was like three big trees that we were gonna put a, like, a little platform into one of them so the actress could climb up there and like do stuff. Anyway, like really cool, <laughs> theoretically. Um, but yeah, again, what I noticed is that they haven't begun clearing the land yet, so they told me. So I was trying to imagine what it would look like. The set designer was explaining to me what he was going to do. Hooray, hoorah. Um so, like that weekend, we finish it. I'm like, "All right, separate wives slash get out is over there. I'm gonna deal with that when I would deal with it." But like, okay, cool, we're doing the thing. Um, so I get on my plane, go to New York, directing over there, directing the show, having a good time. Well, so April, it's now like eh, a couple, a few weeks later because we're in April. It's like the end of March, and this was a Monday. I remember physically. I, you know, Monday, um, and then for the actress who was playing Pocahontas. Same day, on that Monday, she was living her life. Um, She was about to graduate from university, so I think she said she was going to class. And she said that she just got, like, hit with this random feeling out of the blue that she needed to think about it is, is that not one of us told each other this. (laughs) So on that day in April, all three of us just had the exact same feeling. We just didn't tell anybody. We were like, nah. Assigned, but we didn't tell anybody. Um, I don't know why I didn't tell ASA, I don't know why I didn't tell the actress, but I just didn't. Um, and yeah, I just like carried on with my life. Um, so yeah, I drove to New York. like that was that. Um, I went off to LA to do a residency there and a new play festival, that was that. and then I was flying from San Diego um, to Atlanta to then go to Saraby. Um, In June. And I was only going to be there for two weeks. Now, mind you, this is only two weeks. Um, This was the longest two weeks of my life. It felt like I was there for I don't even know how long. um, Because time stands still in therapy. And I noticed that when I was there. Wow. Because I was like, how this book I picked up by that Ojibwe uh, author, like 600 pages, it's a badass book. And I read over half of it in an afternoon in therapy. Like, you all play fast a I ain't that bad. Um, so, like, time stands still there. And, again, I should have noticed back in March. But, again, I just kept brushing it off, brushing it off. Um, so I get there. And I get driven to the townhouse I was going to stay in, which was, like, very nice, mind you. It was very fancy. Um, and I was like, look at me go. Um fancy regional director now. Hey. <laughs> um and so we pull up and I like, you know, get my suitcase out. We're going in there. The apprentice who picked me up was explaining to me like where everything was in the house, this, that and the other, um, like how to work their laundry that was in there because they had like a lovely laundry machine, washing machine and dryer and stuff, And I was like, Matt, wow, y'all, I really made it. I really made it. <laughs> you know, I was having a good time. Um, but yeah, and so she was getting ready to leave, so I had to just like get settled in. And I was like, okay, I was like, can I have the key? And she was like, what key? And I was like, what? And she was like, no. I was like, I don't. She was like, I don't have a key to this townhouse. And this little white girl, mind you too. And I was like, what do you, mean you need to have a white a key to this to this house? And I was like, I need to lock this place when I leave. And she was like, oh, no, 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 no. She was like, there's no crime here. You don't have to worry about it. And I was like, Winona, I was like, I'm a brown woman. I need to lock the door. And she was like, no, no, it's fine. Um, and so she, I'm, like, walking her out to be like, Winona. And I go, like, I open the front door. And on the sidewalk right in front of the house, there's, like, five or six white people, because they're all white people in this place, trying to look in the windows. Cause I walked into that townhouse and I looked at Winona and I was like, Winona, you going to leave here. You're going to find that key. And you come immediately back. I was like, you're doing it right now. And she was like, yes, ma'am. So she left and I go inside and I lock the door because these people are outside trying to look in. And I'm like, um, I've seen lots of movies. <laughs> yeah. read lots of books. I know this is. Um, so then I go to the back door and there's even more people out there trying to look in the windows. So I like, I close the blinds, lock the door, and I sit on this couch and I'm like, I'm not going to touch anything. Because also, everything inside this damn townhouse is white white shiplap, white countertops, white marble countertops, right? Fucking white furniture. And then, like, all the bedding is white. Everything is white. Towels are white. And I'm like, I'm going to get brown everywhere. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to touch something if I touch my face. And then we make them everywhere. <laughs> And so, already, I was like, great. Um, so, then when I comes back, she's like, I got the key. And I was like, great, thank you. Goodbye. And so, then she leaves, and I'm like, oof. Um, so, but I was, like, very anxious when she was gone. Then I was not really looking around my surroundings. Um, So, she comes back gives me the key, locks the door again, and then I start looking around this townhouse. You know them straw hats they wear and get out?
0: Yes. You
1: know, two of them on the wall of decoration. No. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Um, there are two cotton wreaths in this house. One was in the bathroom, one was like on the back of the master door, and I'm like, lovely. Um, and then in the living room, above the couch are these three old framed like prints from like, it was like they came in an old, old newspaper. Um, and so I'm looking at them, and all three of them are a big old tree with a singular branch coming out of them is the picture on all three of these pictures. And I'm like, oh, no. Community, like, rules and guidelines or whatever. Um, and I'm just like, where the fuck am I? And I was like, am I about to get sacrificed? And then I was like, how the fuck do black people work here? I was like, they can't. They cannot. There is absolutely no way that like any black artist works at Serenby. Um And a spoiler, they don't. Wow. Um, so I was like, oh shit. But by this point in time, I'm like, fuck, I'm in too deep. I'm in too deep. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a weird community. I have a therapy all day long. Like it's such a weird community. Like they have approved exterior designs for your homes, as well as they have a list of, of approved interior designers. Like, should you live there? You have to use one of the list of these like one of the interior designers on this list. Because they want everyone in Me to have the exact same feel inside and out, even in your own private home. Like, it's, it's and wives plus get out to the extreme. Um, yeah, so I'm like, great, we are not having a good time. But that's not the spookiest part, you would think. I mean, just that, like, fear and anxiety of uh, being a non-white person um, in this place, that wasn't enough. Uh, it was the land was, it's where the real life spooky story happens. Mm-hmm. If we weren't spooked enough. Um, so I, the first couple days of rehearsal, we are in the rehearsal hall, so we are not on site. Um, on the fourth day, we go on site, and what I noticed is, is that, like you know, they went on and on and on back in January about like how in June their average temperatures are in the upper nineties. Um, it's very very humid. And they're like, it's super hot. They're like, you need tons and tons of water, da, da 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 So we go on site, and it's cool. And it's, like, maybe 70, 75 degrees on site that I noticed. Um, but whenever I would, like, get into the little parking lot area or, like, even over where my townhouse is, you know, it was that, like, hot-ass, humid-ass, what they told me it was. But on site, it was not. And I was like, interesting. This is interesting. Um okay. Um, but then also what I noticed is that the animals were acting weird. They're acting very strange. So on those three big trees, I noticed that ants, you know, how ants move, right? They go up in a line. That's how they, that's how they operate. But ants were going in spirals around the tree trunk of the tree. And I was like, that is abnormal behavior for an ant. And um, There was one day in rehearsal, there was, like, 11 or 12 geckos out of nowhere doing the same thing, going spiraling up the tree, um, just in a line. And, again, I was like, this is not how animals behave. And then also what was interesting is that the tree roots grew upwards, like, out of the earth Mm. instead of growing how roots grow. And so every day before rehearsal would start, the scenic crew team would have to come and chop down like these roots that popped up overnight. And then it was every single day that these roots would just appear again as they were growing upwards. Um, so Elaine was acting very strangely. Now, there's a huge part of this that, you know, I'm not gonna get into, but it's definitely relevant, is, is that from the moment I got there, I was experiencing Much racism from the staff, like it is not a problem. And fun fact, that's actually why Therapy Playhouse is currently shut down uh, because I, as well as dozens of other artists, uh, went public about the racism that we experienced at Therapy. I'm glad Um, you did. story, kids, y'all speak up, change can happen. Um, But yeah, so it was a turbulent, turbulent time um from the racism i was experiencing from the artistic director to every member on staff the marketing team oh god it was awful um and then the threats of violence from the production manager um awful (laughs) awful anyway like they thought i was just some native person they plucked from a reservation do the show for diversity purposes so it would look good um like, no one knew I was, like, a union director, and they're like, what? And I was like, did you not even read my resume? It was on my website. They just, like, made all these assumptions. I got asked if they ever directed a play before. Um, and I've been in this field for over 15 years, and I'm like, what? <laughs> um, the same thing with a Native actress is that they asked her this is her first play, and she was like, I'm an equity candidate. Has her EMC like registration to join the actors' union, and so she was like, "What?" <laughs> um, it was just a bad time. It had by all all around. Anyway, um, but so all of this racism was happening. It was so. It was very very stressful. Um, not great at all. And just I noticed as every single day went by, the land just kept not acting like it should not feeling like it should and so the actress and i we get in her car which also they never gave me a golf cart i was supposed to have one it was in my contract i never got it so then i was also like stranded in my evil ass townhouse surrounded by all these crazy and white people can't go nowhere it was the time anyway bless the actress she and i are very great friends <laughs> now like we became bonded in blood through this process um and so, like, she would, like, pick me up to drive me to rehearsal because, like, I was stranded otherwise or, like, had to rely on the, like, the other white-ass apprentice who didn't want to give me a key. And I was like, no, thank you. And so, like, one night she and I, like, drove 30 miles into the nearest big, the nearest town to go buy some tobacco. I was like, we need to lay an offering. We need to do something. Um, what we found is that whenever we gave our offering, it got worse. Um the temperature drops, and she was actually in the tree on a platform, twelve feet up in the air, and she got sprayed in the face by like an acid spraying beetle. Um, nearly fell out of the tree. Another actor caught her, luckily. Um, so we take her to the emergency room, and because her face is burning and uh, she can't see, and the doctors are like telling us that she got sprayed by this again acid spraying beetle that's not indigenous to Georgia, and they're like, this ass is spraying a beetle, they're like, this is indigenous to like South Carolina. And they're like, and there's also only one case we could find of them spraying a human in the face. So like this beetle's not to be in Georgia, how to get here. Um, also it doesn't attack humans. But now <laughs> but now that actress is the second person on record to have ever been sprayed by that beetle. So again, strange, odd, not how it's supposed to be. Also, like, I got impaled by a weird nut that got thrown at me from a tree. It was weird. (laughs) Like, I was not directly underneath this tree, and it was like arched to hit me. It was, I don't know what was going on. Um, But, so then our costume designer, Asa, he came the last week um, after an already turbulent time. I was on the phone with him so many times telling him about all this racism and that is happening and like, please aware. Oh my God, what's going on? Um, so he gets here and I bring him on site and uh, he takes one step, literally one step from that little parking lot area um, to like the earth <laughs> that we would walk down that, you know, that hilly path to get to the stage area. Um, he takes a step and he stops and he looks at me And he's like, Tara, what is this place? And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, what is this place? And I was like, what? Um, And so he gives me a look. I know what it is, but I don't want to say it. And so (laughs) we walk down a little hill um, to where the stage was. Um, And then he stops and he turns and he was like, Tara, are those mounds? And I'm like, oh no. I turn around and there are these multiple little hills around the area. um, And they are indeed exactly what we know that they are they are mounds and again this is my ancestral land i know what they were um i just think because of just how violent my time was there i was just so i my like blinders up just so focused on getting in and out so I didn't look around because I didn't see it back in March because it was still all wooded. Um, but now that all that was cleared, I was like, oh no. And then he asked me if I've gone on top of the boulders yet because um, again I couldn't go in March. The platforms and the stairs weren't built. And then whenever I got there, then in June I was just directing the actors up there, so I didn't go up there. And I was like, no, not yet. And he was like, you need to go up there. And I was like, ooh, then Navajos, you know, you just know. <laughs> oh uh, they do got so, a
0: spooky meter unlike other people that's why whenever anybody i know who's danae is like or hopi is like this place is too creepy for me i'm like you're right let's leave
1: <laughs> right right anyway so we go up on the boulders um so these are like we're going to say huge boulders they are huge i mean but probably only like like huge i mean like 12 feet no more like 12 feet i don't know tall, but, like, we have, like, stairs to their platform that's plain space, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, but I go up to where the two boulders meet, and where the two boulders meet, there's a circle of medium-sized flat rocks with the opening in the center, um, and I'm like, oh, no. And so, I then stand on, like, the outside of it looking inwards, like, where we walk down, um, and it's... Two parallel lines of mounds from that center point. And I'm like, great, great. Um, you know those, we all know and love those Indian burial ground tropes, but this was truly a Muskogee ceremonial site. Um,
0: and somebody important was buried there, so it's like less of a creepy thing and more like, who did these people piss off by being disrespectful, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I was like, oh no. And... <laughs> Just when everything clicked, um, all of the hate and racism and violence that these white company members were thrusting on to me and the actress and then eventually Aza, um, and the show itself was just being <laughs> absorbed by the land. Mm-hmm. Um, and the land itself was retaliating and protecting themselves and protecting those spirits of those ancestors. And then it also doesn't help that these could possibly be mine. I don't know. Um, you know, again, removal, but, like, if not mine, relative community members of mine. Um, and it just all clicked and made sense. And so from that moment in time, I tracked down the TV, and I was like, hey, um, when was this land cleared? I need to know. And he was like, oh, we did that in April. And I was like, do you know when in April? And he was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, we started the second week on that Monday morning. And that was the day that both Asa, uh, the actress, and I, all three, had that we need to follow the show moment. Um, and then I come to learn that whenever they were clearing the land, they uh, were drinking on it, leaving their beer bottles and trash everywhere. Um, and so, again, putting all that disrespect and then disturbing those folks who've been there. And then I was asking the TV, and I was like, who owns this land? And he was like, oh, some, like, I don't know. Uh, And I was like, has this land ever been developed? Like, has that guy ever, like, come out here? You know, I was just trying to figure out, like, are these trees and stuff, have these been planted, or have they always been here? And he was like, well, he's like, let me get back to you. And I was like, okay, good, because this is an urgent matter. (laughs) And so he gets back to me, and he was like, yes, I talked to the guy, and he said that, like, you know, his family has had this acreage. Um, since like the 1800s or whatever is what he said, so it's a long family line, and he was like, in this particular area that we're in he was like, we're the first people to come through um, to do anything on it so it's just been wilderness for him and I was like, dang, exactly what I needed to know, um, yeah so after, who knows how long of that land just being you know, sacred and protected from all of these things since removal, um is this is what disturbs it. A very violent and very racist process and so much hate being poured into. Yeah, and it's very difficult to explain the feeling of the land once I have that realization. Um, the best I can describe it is if you've ever, like whenever you've ever been around somebody who's been so angry and irate, like you can feel how angry they are, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I uh, up.
0: this is you're describing a lot of feelings that I was having when I was living in Kentucky because, like, Kentucky, Tennessee, North Carolina, like, a lot of those Appalachian areas are traditionally Cherokee land, you know. And yeah. um, because we were such like a set of three such large tribes, we covered like a lot of different territories. But the area that I was living in, in particular, like, I worked at a museum. And the people there refused to acknowledge that Native people even lived there, even though we had tons and tons of artifacts from Fish Trap Lake, which was only 45 minutes down the road. And I was like, no, y'all, this is like literally my ancestral territory. People lived here for sure. But the town I lived in was also the town where a lot of the Hatfield and McCoy conflict happened. And I also found out down the road that one of the battles during the Civil War took place where they now have their park. Mm. And also things were starting to... A few years ago, they had a huge rally where there was, like, a ton of Nazis that came into town. Like, many, many of them. And so I didn't know these things when I first moved there. But I was, like, kind of excited to, like experience what it was like to live in my ancestral territories because like i've tracked my family back to the dawes rolls. so my family got removed as well but like when freedmen got removed they made it to oklahoma and then they had like a little bit of time well in the cherokee tribe where the cherokee tribe recognized them and then they didn't and so they were displaced people who were also displaced by where they're where they were the lands they were taken to but then again by their tribes because now they were just like people in oklahoma who were now Stateless, not claimed or protected by anybody, and very much Cherokee in culture through intermarriage, through 400 years of slavery. And so it was going to be cool for me to return to that area. And I honestly have a lot of family who still lives in Appalachia, and I never felt such just heebie jeebies in a place like unpleasantness, not like I was being followed, but it was just like a general ickiness to it mm-hmm. and uh i was really sick the whole time i was there and then i moved back to ohio and i feel a lot better and i think that yeah like a lot of really terrible racist violent things happen there and it just like left a mark on the place permanently and it's not to mm-hmm. say that the people there aren't lovely and that it's not beautiful but many things can be true at the same time
1: yeah People are
0: not lovely and great <laughs> yeah yeah in your case the people aren't lovely and great but frankly I'm a huge fan of redneck so I was pretty happy to get to live around like very self-reliant hill folk because really I'm really into like uh union history and things like that and I worked at a museum of course that focused on the history of coal mining and uh on union rights and then on workers rights because that was a big thing that came out of the region so i'm a pretty big nerd about those types of things and really if you want to look at anybody's union rights you got to give credit to appalachian people because we're the they're the reason uh we don't have child people working in mines. you know bless them for that yes yep So it's like a really complicated place that has had both good and bad come from it but is very much affected by the violence that has taken Mm -hmm. place over many, many generations in that region and just the straight-up erasure of the stewards of that land. And I think that that does Mm -hmm. have an effect.
1: Yeah, I mean, all of those, like, compounded factors are just a lot of high energy, high emotional experiences when they were happening as they were live, that then get absorbed into that land and then just continue to grow and compound from just the years and years of history. Um, These all get absorbed somewhere that just doesn't disappear. Um, And after this experience at Serenby, where I felt that anger coming from the earth, I was like, I never want to feel that feeling ever again um -hmm. I never want to feel the earth be that angry that disturbed and just that um unsettled no pun intended (laughs) yeah no it's scary
0: for a place to be like that because it's different I feel like when it's a specific building or you know something tangible that we can say oh this like one house is the problem but when it's like an area that is just like Mm -hmm. sown with that there's no getting away from it mm-hmm. and it's very yeah. crushing you know because you can feel it just in the air around you whereas like with a haunted house you can walk out the house
1: yeah you can't leave the land no <laughs> you ain't no bird we can't fly nope
0: nope
1: yeah i mean because like i told the Serenity story um to like a bunch of people at this point it's it's the whole time um, for those of you who want a long uh, account of the racist things that happened, find me on Facebook. It's a Public Post, or just Google Family Playhouse. There's multiple news articles about it. Hooray, hurrah! But anyway, um, but what if I told people who are non-native, as well as people who are um, not like basically white people, what if I told white people about this? Like a lot, I, like a lot of folks are like, "What? No way! No way!" I thought, like, you're only there for two weeks. What do you mean? You made it sound like so dramatic. And I was like, you don't understand how time was affected in this place. I mean, and also there was a very real moment. I was like, I'm going to die here, aren't I? Like, I'm not going to be living. I will be the opposite of alive. Um, like it got to like that point and it was looking back now, definitely a mix between just the sheer violence, especially by one staff member, who in a pub, a production meeting, um, with a bunch of witnesses, got within inches of my person, um, trying to harm me? So, wow. You know, oh yeah, that was the time. Fuck that guy. Um, he has also done a lot of terrible things to a lot of women, specifically. Um, and we'll leave that at that. Anyway, um, that I found out after the fact. Um, so like that. Combined with literal violence and genocide experience by ancestors and spirits before. Mm -hmm. And then how all of that was just accumulating and bringing all that back. You know, the lead actress, she ended up getting so injured uh, that she had to leave the show. um, And bless her for that because she needed to get out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She needed to leave. And it was from a tree root that was growing upward. That um, fun fact that fun production manager, who, you know, was terrible, um, didn't tell the scenic crew to clear. So she landed on it badly on her foot. And then, you know, another ER visit. The ER people knew her before actually. She got injured. Maybe it was the morning up. I don't remember. we were very close. Uh, There was we got on site and there was a turtle out of the blue. And this place wasn't like our site wasn't near any water or like any streams. Uh, We were really far from the river and the lake, so we don't know where this little water turtle came from. Uh, But he was there sitting like in the middle of our you know staged area. Um, and for her, as one dot slate turtles are very uh, important animals to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was like, yeah, this was a warning for me to get out. Like, my ancestors sent this turtle to be like, girl, leave. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, I did make the faithful mistake, though, of trying to explain to HR. Because it came out on accident. I was explaining to HR like, the point of no return after that violent production meeting, um, re- reporting that production manager. And um, it just, like, came out about the land, and I just got so emotional about it, trying to explain to this white woman, like, the severity of the situation. And then she had the audacity to, number one, laugh. Um, and then, number two, uh, asked me to what I can do about it. And I was like, I've done all I can. I was like, I've made an offering. I'm not a medicine person. I was like, this is all I can do. And she and I was like, you need a medicine person to come up here. And even if they can, I don't even know if they can. I was like, to do some serious healing work. And she was like, oh, well, do you know one? Can you, like, call one? And I was like, I don't know one.
0: Yeah, these people are just not like on tap. Also, do you know how much wood it would you would have to chop in order to convince a medicine person to help a community full of white people? Right? Do you and know, especially after these white people did what they did to not just me, to the natives, but to the land? Do you know how many pairs of moccasins I'd have to figure out how to make and bead before anybody would be able to convince a medicine a medicine person would take a look at that situation and be like, "Well, it sounds like they deserve it." Yeah. And then yeah. what are you supposed to do? Be like, sorry, guess you get to be haunted. Leave, you know? Because that's my advice is like, oh, this place doesn't want you here. Don't be here.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's, at this point, so the, the organization has, Jeremy's um, Playhouse has decided because of all their racial allegations, because again, this company has a problem with black and brown people, um, they had, like, quote-unquote temporarily, like, shut down to reevaluate and blah, blah, blah. And I tried telling them, like, your foundation is rotten. You cannot build upon a rotten foundation. You can just throw it all out. And I was like, and furthermore, because they asked me, well, how can they rectify the situation? Um, a year later, mind you, <laughs> not last year when all this was happening, a year later when it came out public early in May and June of this year, um, what they could do about it, and I was like, you all really need a pack up shop, give the land back, and get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. That's all you can do. That's all. And actually, they've not listened to me, but they're not back yet, so we'll
0: see. Yeah, I mean, keep it 100. Sometimes places are not for you. And uh, when you get to. That place uh, never
1: was. That place was never for them.
0: We went uh, Amari and I stopped and camped one night in a place that we definitely could feel was not for us. And it was. The reason we stayed there is because we found out that there was free camping sites, and it was the only place where we wouldn't end up having to drive several hours through the night to find somewhere else to pay, like, 40 bucks at a crappy KOA. And uh, (laughs) we stayed there for one night, but we're never telling other people where that spot is because even if we tell people, yo, even though this spot is free, don't go there. This whole town is, like, wrong, you know? Mm hmm People will just do it anyways, so. Exactly.
1: Again, that's why, like... I don't tell people what the coordinates are, like, how to do the Devil House, I don't tell them that. Um, In regards to Serenity, like, somebody asked me, like, well, like, what if a theater company in Atlanta, you know, 30 miles away, but, like, what about a theater company in Atlanta? Like, would you go work there? And I'm like, you know, I was like, I don't know. I I really don't know. Um, And that was also just, like, a very disheartening experience, like, the first time being on my ancestral lands, and it was that.
0: Yeah, uh, I felt very like much this? the same. I felt very defeated when I moved back from Kentucky. Like, I had done something wrong, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's not like, you know, because you are also from people who were removed to Oklahoma. We come from the very same areas, really, and interacted with each other and then got thrown into a place where none of us were supposed to be. So I think that's a really... And it's complicated, because we're Southeast Woodlands people, so, like, Mm -hmm. that's a very complicated racial dynamic already, let alone, like, land injustices. Like, there's so many that it's, like, it's not even comparable to be able to discuss within, like, the next four hours, you know?
1: Right? Yeah. Exactly. Um... See. I mean, I do wonder, like, going back to Muskogee homelands, uh, maybe not around family, Georgia, uh, but otherwise, like, if that would be a different experience or a healing experience, who knows? Uh, or maybe I'll just go down to Florida and kick it with the Seminoles. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe my Muskogee ancestors are like, girl, we know you awesome, Muskogee, but, like, go to Florida. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah, I've got a I've got a Muskogee friend who lives in Florida, and uh, they they love it there.
1: Maybe, maybe Florida's way to go. Everglades, here I come. Yeah. So, um, if there are any theater companies in uh, Seminole Nation of like Florida area, hit me up. I'm available post Corona.
0: For real, for real, for real. I hope that happens for you, because I mean, who does not want to go do a cool job in the Everglades?
1: Right. Ugh. Like, oh, that's what I want. I just want to go to the This is what I
0: want to do. I really appreciate you telling me both of those stories. They were both so good and super spooky, and I'm going to be creeped out just, like, for a little bit, especially after the first one. Um, every time I see, like, a truck drive down the road, I'm going to be like, ghost truck.
1: No one has any business. Why are you driving them old-ass Ford pickup trucks if you ain't trying to send a message? That's what I think.
0: <sighs> spooky. Not a fan. Um... <laughs> Is there anything
1: yeah, well, this was so lovely. This is was... so fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean as much as those experiences were not fun, especially the second one, um, I had a wonderful time. You know, it's a far enough removed. <laughs> I'm nowhere near therapy, Georgia, and I'm nowhere near the double house, so I'm doing all right.
0: <laughs> Good. Good. Uh, is there anything that you want to plug before I close out the recording?
1: Uh sure, yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, I'm part of Groundwater Art, um, our collaborative and we are half indigenous, predominantly women of color and we are in the middle of a call series around the green new theater about how not even just the theater industry these are principles and ideas um and technical strategies that anyone and everyone can adopt in all industries both individuals and organizations and yeah check us out on facebook it's groundwater arts um, or groundwater arts collaborative if you just type it in the link to facebook we're also on instagram and yeah we just have these series of free calls coming up that you can come and attend to learn different strategies centered around this community theater document. And our next one coming up is in November, I think November 13th, 17th, around that area, um, and it's going to be about the rights relationship to land and history. So if you're interested in what you can do to correct that relationship and know the proper history, as well as move your practice in your community and your life towards racial and climate justice, come join us. It's free. Uh, you also stream everything that we've done on Facebook. But yeah, check us out. Cool.
0: That sounds awesome. And I am going to go look those things up and make sure I include the links in the show notes so that folks can, right outside of this, just click onto it and come find you if they are very interested. Yes, we'll also send you a DM, so
1: you don't have to go find it.
0: Perfect. I appreciate that a lot. That'll make it super easy for me. (laughs) Howdy. I'd like to just take a second to thank all my wonderful patrons and listeners for continuing with me as I become a better podcaster and learn more about sound and develop this podcast and it's been completely different from what we did last season. So I'm very, very grateful for the listeners who continue as my content has changed to listen with us while we make it through this pandemic. If anyone is interested in supporting me, a good place to look is my Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the Rambler. There's an underscore between the and Rambler. That again is patreon.com slash the underscore Rambler. I do also post free content there. It's a very good place to keep up with me and find my other social media links. Thank you very much for listening, and if you're a new listener, welcome.